Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto, and welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's new weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, I'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Let's go. The World woke up to a very different Europe this week when Russia commenced an invasion of neighbor Ukraine after years of tensions. Games developers in Ukraine and around the world impacted by the invasion have turned to social media to share statements and urge their fans to support the Ukrainian armed forces. Ukrainian games developer GSC Game World, who are currently working away on Stalker 2, tweeted the following statement. The Russian Federation has officially declared war on Ukraine. Our country woke up to the sounds of explosions and weapons fire, but is ready to defend its freedom and independence. The future is unknown, but we hope for the best and ask fans to donate funds to a special aid account to support the Ukraine Armed Forces. Likewise, Ukrainian developer Frogware, known for their work on the Sinking City and the Sherlock Holmes games, tweeted shortly after the invasion commenced with, We can't just stand by. Russia attacks our homeland and denies the sovereignty of Ukraine. We are trying to stay safe, but this is war. There are no two ways about it. Developers Bungie and CD Projekt Red have also announced support for humanitarian aid efforts in the region, with CD Projekt Red donating $1 million to Polish human rights organization PAH and Bungie donating all the proceeds of the next 48 hours of their games to give drive to direct relief organizations. Both Crytek and Ubisoft have issued statements about their Ukrainian officers, with Crytek stating that the safety of our colleagues and their loved ones during this uneasy time has been paramount. And Ubisoft said that they've implemented several measures to help keep their teams in Ukraine safe. And while news from the country has been intermittent, several news outlets have had to debunk footage claimed to be the invasion in Ukraine, which actually turned out to be gameplay from the hyper-realistic military shooter Armour 3 by Czech studio Bohemia Interactive. It's a good reminder to keep searching for verified news organisations before sharing anything online. If you're looking for a way to help support those impacted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Australian Federation of Ukrainian Organisations is encouraging concerned Australians to donate to the Ukraine Crisis Appeal at ukrainecrisisappeal.org to help get urgent supplies to displaced and injured Ukrainian citizens. Chinese tech giant Tencent Holdings have announced this week that they plan to achieve carbon neutrality in their operations and supply chain by the end of the decade. The company said that an internal review found their total greenhouse gas emissions were equivalent to over 5 million tonnes of carbon dioxide just last year and that it will reduce energy consumption per unit of output as well as increase its renewable energy use. So what does this mean for video games? Well, Tencent is a massive player in the global game space, with ownership and significant holdings in companies as varied as Epic Games, Riot, Bluehole, Ubisoft, Activision Blizzard, Grinding Gear Games, Platinum, and more. Sifter reached out to Dr. Ben J. Abraham, who's a digital media and video games researcher and author of Digital Games After Climate Change. He said that Tencent's announcement adds real weight to growing calls for the entire games industry to decarbonize and the scope of their ambitions put much of the Western games industry to shame. It's great to see such a big and influential player the size of Tencent commit to carbon neutrality and perhaps even more importantly, to do so incredibly soon. It will still take a lot of work to get them and the rest of the industry to that point, but this is a hugely encouraging development. It'll be interesting to see what downstream effects this change has on many companies Tencent has invested in, and how other companies like Sony might respond. 
The 2022 DICE Awards were held on Friday with Game of the Year going to It Takes Two, the charming co-op adventure puzzle game by Hazelight Studios. But the biggest winner of the night has to be Insomniac Games, who walked away with four awards for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, including Outstanding Achievement in Animation and Outstanding Technical Achievement. And in excellent news for indie teams, Unpacking by Australian developers Witchbeam took home the Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game Award. Unpacking was one of our favourite games of last year here at Sifter, and it's great to see the team getting the recognition they deserve. You can listen to an episode of Lightmap where we speak to Ren Breyer and Tim Dawson from Witchbeam Games about their process, or watch our full playthrough on sifter.com.au. If you haven't played Unpacking yet, it's available on Game Pass, and it's well worth going in on if you're looking for a bit of zen escapism. Last week, Nintendo announced that they would be closing their online stores for the 3DS and Wii U consoles, giving players until March 2023 to buy new games digitally on the service, including the significant number of virtual console titles from previous generations. Physical copies of 3DS and Wii U games are becoming tricky to find in stores, so that means that finding playable versions of these games in the future could become nearly impossible or very expensive after March next year. Buying legitimate copies of older generation titles is even harder, with many Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, SNES and NES titles becoming unavailable as well. Museum and archival organisation the Video Game History Foundation have reacted to the news in a statement posted to Twitter and have said with no alternative options for libraries and museums, this represents a real loss for video game preservationists. While it is unfortunate that people won't be able to purchase digital 3DS or Wii U games anymore, We understand the business reality that went into this decision. What we don't understand is what path Nintendo expects its fans to take should they wish to play these games in the future. As a paying member of the Entertainment Software Association, Nintendo actively funds lobbying that prevents even libraries from being able to provide legal access to these games. Not providing commercial access is understandable, but preventing institutional work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to video game history. We encourage ESA members like Nintendo to rethink their position on this issue and work with existing institutions to find a solution. Elden Ring, the latest game developed by From Software, has launched on Friday to critical and player acclaim. The title has made history by being one of the best-reviewed games with review aggregate Metacritic showing an average score of 95 out of 100 based on 36 reviews, and the Open Critic score is currently sitting at 96 from over 115 reviewers at the time of recording. There has been some select criticism, though, and it all seems to be coming from performance issues for PC players. Some reviewers, such as Silicon Era editor Kazuma Hashimoto, who, despite having an extremely capable PC rig, had to jump to PS5 due to performance issues. But criticism for Elden Ring's PC port hasn't stopped it from becoming From Software's most successful PC launch to date, with Elden Ring peaking at 764,000 players concurrently enjoying the game shortly after it was released. That's over six times the amount of people who dived into Dark Souls 3 at its peak. We'll be giving you our full review of Elden Ring on an upcoming episode of Mainstream, so keep an ear out for that. This week, the Steam Deck, Valve Software's Linux-based handheld PC, launched with pre-ordered consoles starting to arrive in players' hands. Reviewing the Steam Deck, Chris Plant from Polygon said it was his favourite gaming device, 
but for better or worse, it was a PC first rather than the seamless experience of a console like the Nintendo Switch. He said, Valve has consciously chosen to keep one foot in the world of PC gaming at the expense of some creature comforts expected from a traditional gaming portable, sometimes for the worse, but just as often for the better. Patrick Klepek at Vice Gaming said the device feels like magic with a few compromises here and there. He said that magic comes with caveats. The hot fan runs loudly and constantly, even when idling. The battery life is all over the place and rarely lasts more than a few hours on games that are modestly taxing to the hardware. It's large and awkward to hold. But time and time again, it accomplished a simple but complicated task. Play games wherever I want, whenever I want. The handheld is only available for purchase in the United States, Canada, European Union and the United Kingdom at the moment. But we'll bring you more information on walkthrough when orders open up to other regions. Now some good news for our mobile gaming fans. EA announced on Thursday that Apex Legends is coming to iOS and Android devices. The game was beta tested in India and the Philippines last year, giving developers the chance to streamline touchscreen controls and iron out some bugs. Now the game is ready for its official release with a soft launch in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Indonesia, Mexico, Peru, Argentina and Colombia. And for people in those handful of countries, the good news just keeps coming because you won't have to wait long to get your hands on Apex Mobile as it's going to be available for download tomorrow. For fans of the JRPG Near Automata, our prayers have been answered because the rumours that have been circulating this month suggesting an anime series is in the works have been confirmed. The announcement came during the game's fifth anniversary livestream where fans were treated to a short teaser trailer. The 30-second teaser doesn't show much, just a sketched image of 2B followed by some links to the website, but it was enough to get my fanboy brain excited at the possibilities. Details are light at the moment, but it does seem that the production company Anaplex, who produced Full Metal Alchemist and Demon Slayer, are involved in some way. I came late to Nero Automata, and it was my first experience with the series. I'd heard only positive reviews, so when it came to Game Pass, I jumped on it. Obviously, I was hooked, and I think the prospect of an anime series is definitely something to be excited about. But much like last week's Bioshock movie news, I'm going to remain cautious in my optimism. And if a near Automata show isn't your vibe, maybe rumours that we'll be seeing TV shows based on the Life is Strange series or award-winning indie RPG Disco Elysium is more up your alley. News whipped around the internet last week that DJ2 Entertainment had struck a first-look deal with Amazon Studios to explore future video game adaptation projects in the TV and film space, with Life is Strange and Disco Elysium tipped as possible projects. Take this all with a grain of salt, however. It's pretty standard practice in the TV and film industry to option the rights to stories early, and sometimes projects sit in production for years or get scrapped entirely. Meanwhile, DJ2 Entertainment, who brought us the surprisingly enjoyable Sonic the Hedgehog film from 2020, are hard at work on the recently announced Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and 3, as well as a TV project starring Idris Elba as Knuckles that's set to air on Paramount Plus in 2023. And lastly in news, in a win for game development contractors in the States, Fortnite developers Epic Games has confirmed it will be hiring a few hundred of their quality assurance testers on a full-time basis. QA testers are often hired as short-term contractors, which comes with the stress of job uncertainty and a lack of benefits. 
In 2019, Epic Games came under fire after its workers exposed the sometimes unpaid overtime and exhausting workloads that go into maintaining Fortnite. In response to the criticism, the studio decided to close its doors for two weeks to give the team a well-deserved rest. The games industry is notoriously plagued with poor working conditions for development teams, so this is definitely a step in the right direction, and hopefully one that is noticed and emulated by other major companies. We have a bunch of promising games coming out this week. As mentioned earlier, some lucky mobile gamers will be able to download Apex Legends on iOS and Android on Monday the 28th. We'll finally be able to get our hands on Shadow Warrior 3. The latest installment in the series was initially set for a 2021 release date, but that date was pushed back by publishers Devolver Digital, who said the game still needed a bit more time to sharpen its blades. Shadow Warrior 3 will be available on March 1st. Australian games developers Mighty Kingdom are set to release their new game Conan Chop Chop, a four-player co-op roguelike dungeon crawler drawing inspiration from games like The Binding of Isaac. It's available on all platforms from the 1st of March. We'll have an interview with Kim Forrest and Jeff Wong from Mighty Kingdom on the Lightmap feed, so make sure you are subscribed for that. Fan-favorite racing sim series Gran Turismo is dropping its seventh installment this week. The 25-year-old series is known for its cutting-edge graphics and dedication to automotive culture, and by the looks of things, Gran Turismo 7 will continue that tradition when it's released on March 4th. Another March 4th release is the latest Square Enix Switch exclusive, Triangle Strategy. This game looks incredible. It has the beautiful visual style that Square Enix has dubbed HD 2D that you might remember from 2018's Octopath Traveler. Some of you might have already made your way through the free prologue, and the good news is that that progress will carry over if you decide to go in on the full game on the 4th. Articles to read, videos to watch, and podcasts to listen to. Sifter.com.au And that's it for this week. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Kyle Paletto. Thank you so much for listening. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni De Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. If you'd like to support Sifter's independent gaming journalism, you can share our three shows, Lightmap, Mainstream, and Walkthrough, with your friends, or on social media, give us a five-star rating or a review. Want to talk more about some of the biggest stories in games? Why not join the Sifter Discord? It's a chill, friendly community of creative people, and one of our favorite things to do is see what you're working on. Music, games, photography, 3D printing, you name it, our community makes it. So visit sifter.com.au slash discord to join and show us what you got in the Promote Your Work channel. The address again is sifter.com.au slash discord. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.